Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. It's the Pete Callender Show, and I am the Pete of the show. Coincidentally enough, the email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. So I forgot to say earlier, happy Valentine's Day. And the Charlotte City Council is giving residents a big old sloppy wet one, hoping to get lucky. They are wanting a permanent relationship with you. Oh, not with you, actually. Not with you. With their gig. Yes, with their gig. After just recently boosting their own compensation to a full-time annual salary of $52,000, going up from the original thirty-four grand per year, now they make fifty-two grand roughly, uh, now they would like to avoid accountability for longer periods of time while not creating more of a focus on core services. So it's really a win-win for them. See, the key here is that they get to keep their gig as long as possible. They get to entrench themselves in party politics and city uh, government politics, and they can be paid uh, quite well for doing so. Because that's that's coming later, by the way, is they're going to start trying to uh, call themselves uh, full-time, which they already make a full-time salary. $52,000 a year is a full-time salary to be a county or a city council member. But they're going to say that they want full-time status. Full-time status is not defined because you're not an employee, you see. You, you, you're, an, you're a politician. You asked for the gig, you won the gig, and now you're saying that you want it to be a full-time gig. Well, who's to – so what happens if you don't work 80 hours a week? Because you say that's how much you work, so you need to make 100000 Anyway, all that's coming. Um, I mean, not part of this. Right now, the, the, the baby steps here, baby steps, they're going to change the way they get elected, and they would need your approval first to do it. Okay, but don't worry. Right? Don't worry. The council is asking you if you would like to get screwed rather than just forcing these changes into effect, which almost half of the council actually would like to see done. There's been a desire among some Democrats on city council for over 20 years, since when I was covering city council meetings in the early 2000s. There's always been this desire among some Democrats on council to make the part-time city council positions full-time, make them a full-time power broker gig. Right now, you've got Luana Mayfield, Braxton Winston, James Mitchell, Renee Johnson, and Dante Anderson. And now they've got enough votes to push forward. A few years ago, the city put together what was called a Citizens Advisory Committee on Governments, or as I call it, the CAG. I actually don't. I just call it the CAG. Um, and they looked at the council structure. They did eight months' worth of work, and they put together a series of recommendations. And here's what they said. Four-year terms instead of the two that we currently have. Four-year terms. Stagger the elections and term limits. You can you cannot be in office more than two terms, so eight years total. They would implement this through a citizen's referendum. They would change the elections from partisan to nonpartisan, so no long no no more D's and R's next to everybody's names. The the very thing the Democrats say they don't want to see at the judicial level, they they demand be maintained 
at the municipal level here, even though it's not that way in all these other cities around the state. See, everybody's picking and choosing which rules they want. In this case, the city council members, the Democrats on city council here, they're picking and choosing which of the recommendations they're going to proceed with. Um, They said increase mayor and council compensation. Keep the number of council members at 11 council and one mayor. Add a district representative and remove an at-large representative. At-large means you're elected citywide. Right now, we have four of those. We have seven council districts. And what the CAG, what the Citizen Committee said was, take one of the at-larges and make it a district rep. All right, so those were the recommendations. This has been problematic, though, because it focused, the CAG focused on an overarching result, quote, we want to have, which is more representation for Charlotte residents and to help Charlotte's mayor and city council to manage their elected office and engage with citizens more efficiently while they are uh, while they are in service in the office. We also want to ensure that good, qualified people are able to run for office. See, but that, that's not the focus of the council members pushing for these changes. For example... Making it easier to manage their office and engage with citizens, that would, that would actually lead you to an all-district model. All districts, much like the House of Representatives, right? The U.S. House of Representatives, also the, uh, the North Carolina General Assembly, the House and the Senate, right? They all have districts. They don't have any at-large statewide races. You have a couple of those for the Council of State races. But for all the the legislative work that gets done, those are all districts. Why? Because the people who are elected at the district level are closest to the people. And so the smaller you can make the districts, the more likely you are to run into your representative at the grocery store. When you have somebody representing the entire city, it's less likely you're going to have any kind of ability to influence them or talk to them or even see them. So if you want to actually make it easier for these politicians at the city level to effectively and efficiently engage with the citizenry, you would get rid of all the at-large seats. But they won't do that because that's where their power lies. They've been elected at-large. They're not interested in going back to a little old district seat where my vote counts just as much as everybody else's, you know? What else? We're told that the CAG proposal was examined by the city council's budget governance and intergovernmental committee which it was, and it was sent there by the city council. They've been debating this for years. They sent it over to this committee. I kind of get the sense that not everybody was happy about taking this up yet again. The committee is made up of Lawana Mayfield, Dante Anderson, James Smudgy Mitchell, Tark Bakari, and the chair, Dimple Ejmira. She said that they did a deep dive on this. I have watched their discussions. I watched the videos of their debates on this of their, uh, at the committee level. I wasn't impressed. It was them just speaking in defense of, in favor of, whatever uh, preferred proposal they wanted, right? They knew what they wanted to do, and they got there. Now, I will credit Ajmira with forcing the matter to go to a referendum, something that the pushers of this idea, of these ideas for four years staggered terms, they wanted to avoid that. They kept saying, we don't need to go to the public with this. And they are correct. There's no state law that requires them to go to the public for a referendum. But Ajmira made them do that. And that might be what kills it. Because the polling shows surveys are not in favor of going to four-year terms for city council. 
The last one was conducted like uh, four years ago or so, and it showed a two-to-one margin against. Um, what else here? Do, 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 never explained. Never explained in the committee or in their debates why they changed or ignored the things they chose to change or ignore. They just simply said that they looked at stuff and they made their own proposals. For example, the term limits, not on the table, not addressed. Why? Why did they rule out term limits? Eight years is not enough to sit on city council? Eight years, two four-year terms that have been staggered so as to ensure that you are unlikely to lose your spot? Also, the city council never explains uh, why every single one of the proposals from the citizens group that the council ignored in their proposal are ones that reduce the power of the politicians. Is it, is it just coincidental that all of the things that reduce their entrenchment were ignored or changed by the council from the, the original uh, recommendation from the citizens group? Right? The, the, the citizens advisory group, their recommendations all were meant to work with each other. For example, they you know, take one of the at-large seats, turn it into a district seat. So what council did was they bastardized that. They said, well, you know what? We like your idea of an additional district seat. So we'll just throw that in and not get rid of an at-large seat. So now we're going to have 12 members on council. If voters approve this, we're going to have 12 members on council, which now means you could have 6-6 six, six ties. And that means the mayor becomes more powerful. And for certain people who would like to be mayor very, very soon... I suspect this is part of the game. So make council four-year terms instead of the current two-year terms, but council deletes the recommendations that came with it that there be term limits. Stagger the elections so you never get everybody on the ballot all at once. What does that mean? It means you can be insulated from controversial votes, but you can also be forced to take those votes or force others to take controversial votes, other members, colleagues on the board who are up for re-election, you want to jam them up, you want to hurt them, so you you run a bill, you run a, a proposal to hurt them right before their election that you won't have to suffer the consequences of. The result is going to be power dynamics inside the council that can be used to punish your colleagues, your your adversaries, any potential challengers. And here's the other thing. Tark Bakari mentioned this. The free look. All right. So uh, Charlotte City Councilman Tark Bakari mentioned during the debate last night on these uh, this raft of changes on how the city council is, is uh, comprised. He said that if by staggering the, uh, the terms, you know, making them four years and then staggering them, which means you'll have the council will be up for election. Like we'll like city council or city residents will be able to vote in city council races every two years, but you're never going to have the same districts. Like one one set of elections, you're going to have all the districts, and then the next election, you're going to have the at large races. So like every four years, once they adopt this schedule, every four years, it's like the Olympics with the Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics, right? So it's every two years you have an Olympics, but it's every four that you have the summer or the winter. And so with the city council district races, you're only in one district. And these are odd-numbered years. 
They're not holding them with the presidential races or the legislative races. They're holding them in odd-numbered years. And so people are supposed to go – think about that. You're going to go to the polling place. You're going to go vote in 2023, and the only item on the ballot is going to be the city council district race. That's it. You get to vote in one race, your city council district race. What do you think turnout's going to look like for that? Yeah, nothing, which is, of course, what they want it to be. Because then they can exercise more pressure internally inside the primaries and inside the uh, general election. So you also get a free look. This is what Tark Bakari called it, a free look, which means what? Right now, if you are a district rep and you want to run for at-large, you got to run against the at-large person while not running for re-election in your district seat because you are not allowed to run for two seats at the same time. You can occupy a seat and run for another, but you cannot run for both at the same time. So that's why, like the last time around, Larkin Eggleston, he had to leave his district seat to run at-large. And what they're wanting to do with this arrangement is to give all of the district reps the ability to constantly run against at-large members. Right? So they could test the waters. They could get a free look. They can make a run, and if they don't win, they don't lose their seat. They get to stay on the council and make their $52,000 a year. What else? Um, Off-year elections mean turnout stays low, especially in primaries which is where Democrats are focused. This is a lot, a lot of this is intra-party stuff here. The 12-member council empowers the mayor, which I suspect Braxton Winston is interested in. Also, the city council ignored the recommendation that their elections be nonpartisan. Nobody explained why. They just didn't want to do that. They just, they just say, no, we rejected that. But they never give you an explanation of why keeping the D's and the R's next to the names is a better system. They never explain it. So it's not really a deep dive, you know? Also, the uh, what else? Uh, oh, Lawana Slack Mayfield. She says, this is not a new discussion. She went on to say it's not a new discussion. She added later that this is not a new discussion. And she said, we don't need to ask the public for their approval to make these changes, which is also, by the way, um, as I understand it, not a new discussion. The challenge has always been political will versus political ability. We have the political ability to put this on the ballot to let our residents of the city of Charlotte take part in voting up or down this conversation. The question is, are we finally at the place where we have the political will? No, no, that's not the question. Putting it up on the ballot wasn't the question. She wanted to ram it through without a ballot referenda. That's that was what the, some of the other members were fighting against. They said, if you want to make these changes, it needs to go to the public for a vote. And opposing the democracy is not a popular position to take. Next up, Renee Johnson supported it. This is a changing city. Um, everything's changing around us, and, and I'm honored to be a part of a council that's, that's, that's bold enough to take that, that necessary step. When you talk about four-year terms, we've been talking about this issue for years, just since I've been on council. And the last council, you know, we, we were hoping to get this resolved, but we didn't. All right. And so it's just... We're bold enough to do this, but we didn't. This isn't progress, folks. This, like you could say, like 
if you support the idea, fantastic. But this isn't a better idea. This isn't like something that the citizens have been just like clamoring for. It's like some built up rage against the current composition or something. Dante Anderson Anderson says she gets lots of questions about why their terms are only two years. Why are your terms only two years? Just all the time, constantly asked about it. Tark Bakari said he hasn't heard any kind of clamoring for four-year terms. I have never once had a conversation with anyone that wasn't already in office or wanting to run for office at some point where they told me, I really care about you guys having four-year terms. Never once has that come up. No one has ever said, you know what, Tark, the thing I want is less touch points to be able to hold you accountable. Right. It's true. I've never heard anybody come out and say these things. The only time I've ever heard anybody raise these questions is when you're in a city council meeting and you got city council members that come up with these phantom people that approach them all the time in the grocery store saying, God, I wish I could vote for you only once every four years. He said longer terms mean less accountability. We don't take, we all know this, whoever's willing to say it out loud, we don't take super controversial votes right before an election or in an election year. <gasps> and that's because people are held more accountable the closer they are to an election where their True. constituents get to voice their opinions. So while I think it's very important that we do that, I had said early on that I was willing to negotiate with, with colleagues who were interested if we were in conjunction with this, going to go to the General Assembly and we're going to request term limits at the same time because I felt maybe those two kind of counterbalanced each other, but that wasn't done. Right. So he wanted to pair these changes up with term limits because that's what the Citizens Advisory Group recommended. That's what they said should be done. They married those two concepts. All right. So going over the uh, the recommendations from the citizens group to the Charlotte City Council a couple of years ago, they said oh, they married the concepts. They married the concepts of uh, longer terms with term limits to say, OK, if you want to go from a two year term to a four year term, fine. But then we're going to cap you at eight years at two terms. City Council opted. No, no, we're, we're not going to. We're not going to marry those two things. We would like to be able to serve for, you know, decades if possible. This is a this is a political entrenchment scheme. That's what this is. Got a message here from my friend Ray Cooper. It's his Twitter handle. Says the staggered year off year election thing will make Charlotte just like Asheville, a council that's chosen by the political activists who will vote off year and then watch the circus really take off. Yeah, this is the way Asheville runs its city council. Staggered elections, so it allows the the moon bat base to choose the leadership in the primaries. And then they win in the generals, because Republicans are not a factor here anymore. So that's what this is about. This is intra-party fighting kind of stuff. What else? Uh, Staggered terms. Tark Bakari, one of the two Republicans on the 11-member body, city council, he said staggered terms are going to have long-term implications for the way council operates. Think about what implications that has if every single, uh, every four years, all the district reps get a free look. We all know what that means. They can hold their district seat and they can run at large or for mayor. And if they lose, they don't have to leave the seat. Imagine the dynamic that creates around this dais for people who literally, with that free look, run for those seats, 
So it's not like, oh, we're not in a political season. We're in a more complicated political season. And I will 100% guarantee you that that free look is a thing that will absolutely happen uh, from district to at-large and and mayoral races. Right. You're now going to have to worry. If you're on council, you're going to have to worry about somebody, if you're at-large, for example, somebody who's in a district seat running against you and trying to then get a controversial vote in front of you before you're elected or how about this let's say let's say bernie uh bowls here one of the producers he is the at-large representative and i am a district one rep and chris farrell the other producer here is uh he is the district two rep All right no motions on the floor guys okay so let's say we both have an uh, an interest in chris beating bernie but there's a controversial bill chris doesn't want to have to vote yes on and so i run the bill I'm not up for election. I can run the bill. Chris gets to vote no, and we jam Bernie up. So he either votes no where he knows everybody will be or whatever, or he has to vote yes because he's got some reason that he has to, maybe donors or something. He's got to vote yes. So you get to jam people up on these votes based on the timing and who's running and who may be running and all of that. And for the Republicans, this isn't really that big of a deal because there are only two of them, and they're district reps. Those are pretty safe seats but for the democrats this is going to get nuts this is going to get nuts for them he also said bakari also said the creation of the eighth council district but not removing the at-large district to replace it with right they just basically added another, another seat onto the council and that this is the worst of their proposal so the strategy here after our last conversation is to put this, let me get this right, on the same ballot that you are hoping to get the General Assembly, despite those things I just said there, to allow you to put the one cent sales tax referendum on as well. If you just think about the political ramifications of that, Every single item I just said, for the most part, is not going to be taken very kindly by the General Assembly. In fact, I know that with 100% certainty. (laughs) So the thought of even floating this conversation right now, let alone doing it, while with one hand and then the other hand going and asking for a one-cent sales tax referendum is politically tone-deaf at absolute best. Right. So they don't need to go to the General Assembly. We are a mother-may-I state, as it's called. Uh, that's the legal. No, I'm kidding. But that's essentially it. like in a, if the cities want to do anything, counties want to do anything, they have to ask the state. That's where that's the wellspring of authority. Right. That's the seminal authority. So they have to ask the state, can we put on a referendum to raise a sales tax for transit? And right now, the state leaders are like, yeah, no, they're not. They're not interested in listening to Charlotte's pitch at this point because Charlotte's transit plan is a mess. It's a mess. And so. They're not interested. So we're trying to, uh, the city council is trying to convince the Republican legislature to let it raise taxes on people here for a train and buses and and bike paths and greenways. And the only people they have to go up to talk to these legislators is Tark Bakari and Ed Driggs. (laughs) These are the only two Republicans that, like, these lawmakers will even take their meetings. I'm sure they'll take their meetings to some degree. But it's a tougher lift, right? It's a tougher lift. So the Republican General Assembly, they are aware of these discussions that the, the Charlotte City Council is having about 
changing the way they govern themselves and entrenching themselves in full-time permanent power. Do you think the General Assembly wants cities getting more powerful in the political spectrum? They most certainly do not. Remember, the General Assembly can, can scrap a city's charter at any moment. At any moment. Just, just disband the city. You're no, no longer an entity. People forget that. And when cities become very powerful, they always forget that. They always think that they are, you know, the great state of Mecklenburg County, shall we say? So at the same time, you're going to go to the ballot and you're going to ask these voters. And meanwhile, like the the people who are going to turn out for transit, do you think that the Republicans in the legislature think that you might be trying to to goose the, the turnout, right, off your election, Four-year staggered terms, nobody's really showing up for city council races. Oh, but let's throw on a transit tax, and then we can get, like, the Chamber of Commerce that doesn't call themselves the Chamber of Commerce anymore to start doing, like, get-out-the-vote efforts and everything for the for the tax. Ed Driggs, the other Republican, said if the House of Representatives and the North Carolina General Assembly, if they can all operate on two-year terms, so can the city council. Also... He's, uh, he said it's extremely rare that an incumbent council member is ever voted out of office. So it's not clear why running for re-election every other year is such an impediment. He also noted that staggered elections reduce turnout. Then Malcolm Graham, uh, Councilman Malcolm Graham, Democrat, potential mayoral candidate, said he wished he was voting for the creation of a regional governing body. This is what he wanted to see instead. He wanted a grander vision. Let's go to... I'm not kidding. Let's go to a regional council, you know, where Charlotte can basically just Bigfoot every other local town. I mean, it's all in service to, you know, this this progressive idea of the vision for the future and forward and progress and progressive and forwardism and forwarding and all of that regionalism. See, it's all good when Democrats think that they can control more area, uniting for this grand vision, which they assume everybody around them will agree on. Nothing political here. It's just for the betterment of everybody. It's just good governance. But when it comes to providing representation for Republicans on the Charlotte City Council, well... In terms of adding another district member, you know, this is a partisan board. (laughs) Right? So I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my side, it is splitting thusly that, that the 8th district is going to be given to... Another Democrat. So they're going to so they're going to increase the number of seats on the body and they're going to stuff it with another Democrat. And you think the General Assembly, Republican General Assembly in Raleigh, is going to have any interest in helping you get that thing across the line by putting a sales tax referendum on the ballot? You're crazy. Now, Malcolm Graham does not believe that a referendum will actually be successful, though. Someone has to be out here championing this. We just can't put it on the ballot and tell people to vote up and down if there's the desire of the council uh, to, to, for this to be successful. Well, someone has to be out there in the community doing the work, whether it's the alliance or the corporate community. Someone other than the council uh, would have to communicate to the community in a very concise way uh, why this is important. I'm not sure that's going to happen. And therefore, I I think the issue of um, increasing the office of the mayor and city council from two to four and staggering the election 
uh, just dies on the vine. I, I think it just withers away. Right. So they know he knows it. Putting this up to referendum means it's going to die. It doesn't have support and no one's going to champion it. Unless maybe we can get the t- sales tax on the referendum, right? So echoing Councilman Tark Bakari is Councilman Malcolm Graham, who said, look, this is going to go up on the ballot this November. What kind of conversation do we want to be having during this election? Do we want to be talking about four-year terms and staggered elections and many other issues? Uh, do we want to really focus the conversation on issues that are really important for our community and have the community talking about that and, and debating that? Uh, and discussing our our regional future and the importance of some of these topics. So um, I'm not there. All right, so he's just, he's not in support of putting it on the ballot. He doesn't want to discuss it because he thinks it's going to take away from focus on the transit tax. Braxton Winston, councilman, said, we are a growing city. We're the 15th largest in America, so we need four-year staggered terms. Part of the reason why things do take so long it's because his of our governance structure. That was his uh, fault. When you're trying to figure out a mobility plan or a comprehensive plan or um, uh, 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 building infrastructure or um, affordable housing, these, uh, these are things, this is work that continues to get interrupted um, uh, and, and as, as months and years. Um, this structure, four-year term, with a with a stagger allows for continuity continuity um, to happen and let's let's be real with each other okay. please um, and give good information out here this is not something strange in North Carolina hundreds of other local governments um, much smaller than Charlotte have four year terms yeah but all right so if you want to use the peer uh, cities and stuff though they also put in term limits Right, they 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 have other uh, they have other status. Like our analysis found, Charlotte's average district is one hundred twelve thousand. Um, Charlotte's got thirty three thousand more citizens per district, and it's growing. Yes, there should be smaller districts, better balance among those districts. No outliers. Charlotte voters would have more of a say in what's happening in their parts of the growing city, but they didn't get that. They didn't get that. They got charts in here that break down and show. Um, the Citizens Advisory Group did. You know, they talked about peer cities and who makes what and how they arrange themselves as such. And they cherry-picked what they wanted to compare themselves to. This city council did. Our peer cities and the like. So Braxton Winston, who gave himself the pay raise, complains about how he struggles to pay his bills with four jobs, shoved Dimple Ejmira aside for the mayor pro tem seat, but then doesn't serve on any committees because his new role is to build consensus, which he hasn't done. So he'll be, is he going to be the the champion for this thing? Uh, they can make a material change uh, to the, the, uh, uh, to the way this, this board um, is structured um, and, and give, give um, commentary uh, to those policy processes that are happening and are ongoing now. Okay, please, you be the voice of this effort. Absolutely. Okay, you have sold me. He then conflates tie votes to diversity of thought. Listen to this. Um, Mr. Bakari mentioned something um, uh, that kind of very contradictory statement um, that somehow 
uh, having 12 council members um, would be un unbalanced, but that we would have more tie votes that would have to be broken. How much more balance could you get uh, than a tie vote that has to be broken um, by the mayor? Uh, it shows that in this city, uh, regardless of political persuasion, uh, there is a diversity of thought um, and a diversity of policy considerations, uh, regardless of uh, your uh, political persuasion. So I think that is the most important when you are, again, working with a representative body uh, that you are able to represent those various positions in the community um, and not necessarily um, always thinking about what is um, uh, the, 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 the proper party makeup. All right, just stop it. Oh, my God. All right, so, no, a, a, a split vote, a tie vote on city council does not indicate diversity of thought, sir. It actually just represents two thoughts, yes or no. Inside of that thought, there are all sorts of other reasons for why somebody gets to yes or no, just like on this matter itself, right? On this very question, this thing was a close vote. It wasn't a tie, but they won. They, they, it was 6-4. This one member wasn't there. It was 6-4, barely got through. That doesn't indicate that there's a whole bunch of diversity of thought. It was a split vote. Republicans weren't going to go along with it, and there were some Democrats that had different reasons for why they disagreed. That doesn't indicate that this is some sort of awesome idea to have all of the votes be split 2-2. Two, two. <laughs>